0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I want you to go with me to First Timothy chapter 18. 1 Timothy chapter 18. And uh, chapter 1 of 1 Timothy, I should say, 1 Timothy chapter 1 in verse 18. In just a few moments, people are going to go outside... We're having a pop-up baptism, amen. <laughs> and and a, a 40-something people said, I want to get baptized tonight under the cross. I love that, I love that. So we're going to go outside, so I'm not going to preach long, don't worry, My, I, I'm, I'm just going to preach a few minutes, but I do believe what I'm going to share tonight is critically important about your future. Everybody say, I do have a future. Say, my pardon, my pardon is past, my present is powerful, my, present is powerful. My, future is my future is promised. Y'all have good confessions today, I'll tell you that. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy. Now he wasn't his physical son, but he was his spiritual son. Paul is saying this to Timothy. the youngest apostle in the New Testament. The youngest. He was abandoned by his father. We know for a fact that he was raised by a single mother and a grandmother. Scripture makes reference to that. That the same faith that was in the grandmother and in the mother, who raised him without a father, was transferred to the son named Timothy, and he became the youngest author of the New Testament. Two of his books... And Paul, the apostle, his mentor, is writing to his protege, Timothy. And he says to him, I commit to you, Timothy, according, listen, to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them, what? What's them? The prophecies. By them, you may wage the good warfare. Listen to this. Having faith and a good conscience. Everybody say a good conscience which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. And I'll stop reading. I love the fact that he said, I want you to go into the spiritual battle that we fight. And he said, Timothy, I'm charging you to take the prophecies that I and others have spoken over you, and God's Word has spoken over you, and the preaching you've said under has spoken prophecies over you, and I want you to go to war With the prophecy. I want to preach tonight for just a few moments. On the power of your personal prophecies. And how you must go to war with your personal prophecy. Wage war. Notice what he said. He he connects a clean conscience with good or winning warfare. And strong faith. A clean conscience in this text, is connected to strong faith. Therefore, a defiled conscience weakens our faith. When we live our life in such a way that we have a clean conscience, I've done my best to honor God this week. I've done my best to live right this week. I wasn't perfect, but I really do have a clean conscience. When you can say that, the Bible said, a clean conscience is connected to strong faith. A defied conscience doesn't mean that you're not God's child. But if you're doing things blatantly that you know are not pleasing to the Lord, it defies your conscience. Therefore, it weakens your faith. Strong faith is directly connected to a clean conscience. and Therefore, we should treasure and we should protect a clean conscience before God. One translation did this verse like this: Use your prophecy as weapon, as a weapon, as you wage spiritual warfare by faith with a clean conscience. Use the prophecy. See, I'm one of those preachers. I believe in the power and the gift of prophecy. I believe that we need to get back to it in the church. We're becoming so sophisticated and so smart and that we've completely ruled out the supernatural. But I believe in prophecy. I welcome prophecy in this church, not nonsense because because what's happened is some people get weird and get flaky and and say silly things and sometimes meaning well, but they're just they just don't don't use wisdom. And so what the tendency is is to throw out all prophecy and say there's nothing to any of it. But prophecy, let me tell you what it is. Prophecy is God coming to you with the word about your future. When God releases a prophetic utterance over your life, and again, it can even be through preaching. It can be one line that the preacher says, and it's just like, oh my God, how did he know that? How could he say that like that, or she say that like that? Prophecy always has to do with your future. This is what I really felt today, that God wants to talk to you for a few minutes tonight about your future. Prophecy is always pointing you to a better future. Prophecy is never pointing you to gloom and doom. Prophecy is always pointing you, if you're a child of God, to a brighter, better future. And I want you to understand... That prophecy is God coming to you with a word about your future. Now listen very carefully. God will always keep His promises. But He is not obligated to keep your potential. You're obligated when God gives you a word to keep your potential. Not God. There's some things that God puts in our heart. And He prophesies over our life. But they do not automatically come to pass. It requires warfare. And that's why Paul said to Timothy, there have been some things spoken over your life concerning your future. And that's God's will revealed to you about your future. And God's desire for you. But that does not mean, son, it's going to automatically happen. You need to take those prophecies and go to war. And when life and when circumstances and when setbacks and when difficulties really get tough, you don't sit there and just take it and say, well, I guess I'm just going to be a loser. You take the prophecies that have been spoken over you and you go to war with that prophecy. You see, the promises of God, the prophecy concerning your future requires warfare. Mark chapter 10 says... Unless you receive the kingdom of God like a child, you cannot enter into the kingdom. Now, there's two mindsets in the kingdom, and one of them is in Mark 10. Like a child, you enter into the kingdom of God. That is dealing with inheritance. That is dealing with identity. I have five children, and they are my children. They are in my will. One day when I die... A lawyer will set them down. The executor over my wheel will set them down. They're going to cry real hard at the funeral. And then they're going to run straight to the lawyer's office. <laughs> and they should. And, and he, he's going to want to know one thing about them. You're going to enter into your inheritance right here. In, into your kingdom, so to speak. And it has nothing to do, children... With whether or not you've been good or bad. It has to do with your identity. You're a Franklin. It has to do with the fact that you have identity. You get inheritance. That's just how it is. That's how we are to enter into the kingdom of God. He loves me and it has nothing to do with how good or how bad I am. I am His child when I acknowledge Him as my Lord and Savior. Therefore, through my identity in Christ, I have an inheritance. Come on and thank Him for amazing love. Amazing love. I mean, I just love my children. I can't help it. Right? But then the very next chapter, Mark chapter 11, says that the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. So there's two times, two seasons in our walk. One is when we enter in Through our identity and we receive our inheritance, receive salvation, receive eternal life, receive all of the blessings of the cross and the blood that we just sung about. That's just free stuff that we get. But then there's other things that must be contended for according to Mark chapter 11. And the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. It's not talking about with people. It's talking about with spiritual warfare. And how do you win? You take your personal prophecy and you go to war with them. Our responsibility is to steward words spoken over our life by anointed people. The Word of God will get me what the will of God has for me. In Exodus chapter 13, God actually told the Israelites in their first year of coming out of of Egyptian bondage, He told them, He said, I would have taken you straight ...through to the promised land and we would have already been there. But he said, I knew that you would get in a certain area and territory... ...and the Philistines have their camps there and you would get into warfare. Listen, and he said, you're, you're not warriors yet and I knew you would not war. Therefore, I took you around and it's going to take a long time... ...because you weren't ready for warfare. I had to take you around the shortcut that I wanted to take you to, your destiny which actually is a huge encouragement. It indicates if God doesn't take us around the conflict, He's already equipped you to win the conflict. If you're in the conflict tonight, it's God saying, I've already equipped you with what you need to win. If you couldn't handle it, I love you so much that I would have taken you the long route. But the fact that you're nose to nose in warfare for your destiny and your purpose, it simply means I've already equipped you with prophecies and words that I've spoken over your life. Now you need to take those prophecies and go to war and say, no, God said this about me i just tell you, through the years, our family has gone through things, but there have been prophecies spoken over our families. Prophecies spoken over me and Sharice when we were just dating. And old saints of God, one old gray-headed saints would come and speak words. And, and when we announced we were going to get married, they prayed for us. My mom, my dad, Sharice's parents and grandparents have laid... I went to my granddaddy's house in North Carolina. He had, he had 27, 28 children. My mother has twenty seven brothers and sisters, and he was a very blessed man, and, and I, I took him, he really was in every way. When he was when he was when he was right at eighty years old, he had a he had a sixteen year old at home. Come on now. I'm praying for his blood. I'm praying for come on, Lord. Wow. I have a godly inheritance. Amen. But I'll never forget it, I took, took Cherise home to, to meet my granddaddy and my grandmother. He's a very wealthy man, very, very wealthy man. He owned thousands and thousands of acres of land, a beautiful home. and had, He was a pilot and had his own airplane in the backyard and a runway. Just God blessed him, just a country man that loved God. And loved him, never a preacher, but he was the greatest tither to the work of the Lord. He said, my job is to make money so that the kingdom of God can be advanced. And that's in my bloodline. Come on. And uh, I'll never forget, I took him home to meet granddaddy. And they were, he and Thelma, his wife, were, were my grandmother, was sitting on a little love seat. And he had his overalls on. Do you all know what overalls are? They're blue and they got these little strip do you know what they are? That's what he wore. And he wore a little hat, kinda like the guy I talked about today. Uh, if you weren't here, don't worry about it. But 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 he was sitting there and he had his glasses down on the tip of his nose. J.W. Stone had had his glasses on the tip of his nose. And sitting in that beautiful living room Big living room And then me and Sharice Little Sharice and me Sitting over here on another couch Across the deal And she was as nervous as she could be And and, and granddaddy just looked across there And looked at me and looked at her And they smiled and grinned He was 80, 84 years old when this happened And he grinned And the only thing he said was Well it won't be long For y'all get to be doing a little something Will it? That was my wife's introduction to my granddaddy. True, true story. True story. I don't know why I'm telling that. It has nothing to do with my sermon. What was I even talking about? It's nowhere in the notes. I'm really lost. What? The prophecies. Thank you. <laughs> So that was pretty much the only prophecy we got. And we fulfilled it. We fulfilled it. Yes, we did. I took, that, I took that prophecy as soon as I said I do. And went to war. And it's been war ever since. Come on, somebody. Well, there goes a great message. I didn't mean to mess this message up with that stupid illustration. But in all sincerity... My old dad that's gone home to be with the Lord. He did our wedding. My Charisse and I. He got teary-eyed at one point, And he prayed from his heart over me and Sharice and spoke prophecies. My mother spoke prophecies. All through my life, when I was, when I was 15, 16 years old, there was a woman named Rachel Joyner. She's still alive. She's the county clerk in Nash County in North Carolina. She worked in government for a long, long time. Rachel Joyner is a very sophisticated, sharp, sharp, professional type person. Very educated. But she would come to me when I was 15 and 16 years of age. And she would say things like this to me. Jensen... One day, God has shown me that He's going to use you in a remarkable, mighty way. And I would just look at her as a teenager with blue jeans and a t-shirt. And I thought, you know, I don't understand all that she's saying, but I feel something when she says it. I cannot. I cannot count the times she would go on fast for me. It was the strangest thing. My mother, who's on staff in Georgia, she's eighty-four years old, amazing, and, and 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 mom mom would testify what I'm telling you. Rachel would come and she would say, "I haven't, I haven't, I haven't eaten in three days because God put me on a fast for Jensen." Because God has shown me that He will reach souls for the kingdom. That God's hand would be on them. I I, I could care less about preaching. I could care less. But she was speaking prophecies over me to this day that I still marvel at. And there have been times when I've had to take those prophecies and go to war when all of hell tried to destroy this ministry. I'm telling you today that if God has let you be in the conflict, He's already equipped you to win that conflict, but you've got to use the prophecies that God gives you. The Bible said that there was a woman in 2 Kings 4 that saw the prophet going by, and she said to her husband, He comes this route a lot. Let's build on a room for this prophet in our house. So that when he's traveling the prophetic will have a place in our home that it can abide and she built on a room and invited the prophet that if he's ever traveling through that area Elisha come into our house there's a bed stay here what was she doing she was she was saying we love the prophetic folks don't despise the prophetic What I'm praying for tonight is that God would give you a fresh word about your future. He really does know how to open doors. He really does know how to raise you. He really does know how to make things happen that would boggle your mind. And many times we're not open to the prophetic. Love the prophetic. One translation said, host the prophetic. Give place and entertain the prophetic in your life. Second Corinthians chapter 10 talks about the strongholds of thoughts and the description there of strongholds, casting down strongholds and every thought that exalts itself above the image of God. The image of the stronghold has to do with a castle and surrounding it are huge walls. Now listen carefully. If I think wrong consistently, each thought is a brick in that wall that gives place to the devil and builds him a castle in my life. I need to think right. Don't create a castle for Satan to live in. And every time you think the wrong thoughts, the thoughts of defeat, the thoughts, I'm not just talking about lust and all that. I'm talking about the thoughts of fear, the thoughts of intimidation, the thoughts of I'm nobody, I'm nothing, I'll never make. You're putting another brick on that wall and you're building Satan a stronghold, a castle in your life with a huge wall around it. When you believe the lie, you empower the lie. That's why the Bible said in Ephesians to take the helmet of salvation. In other words, and I I don't want to coin this little phrase, you have to think saved. I might write a book one day on think saved. When you put on the helmet of salvation, you think saved. I found out that I'm about 10 minutes away at any given time to tremendous defeat if I don't think saved. If I keep giving bad thoughts the opportunity, they'll take me down in about 10 minutes. So I have to think to myself, think save, Jensen. I am not the tail, I'm the head. I'm not beneath, I'm above. I'm not a failure, I'm more than a conqueror. And I'm going to think save. I'm not a slave. I'm not an addict. I'm not somebody who's controlled by the power of the devil. But I have the Holy Spirit in my body as a temple. What are you doing? I'm deconstructing his wall and putting up Jesus' throne in my heart and in my mind. Clap your hands and say, I want to think say." Everybody shout, think say." That's how you go to war with the prophecies. When hell has come against our children. I would take one verse. But as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. I know hell's laughing now. I know the enemy thinks he's won. I know he thinks he's messed up this family. But all he's done is caused greater grace and greater anointing to come on this family. Through every trial, through every attack. And I'm prophesying now to my family, all of my family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now go to war with that prophecy. And hell can't stop your family From serving the Lord Clap your hands like you believe The word of God works Get a word from God About your future And constantly review it Think saved Maintain a clean conscience And get a word from God And go to war with that prophecy Say what God says Say what the Holy Spirit says. Victory is obtained by what you think. But then you have to make a proclamation. You're one proclamation away from a great victory. The Bible said that Mary had an angel show up and prophesy over her. And the scripture said she did two things. The Virgin Mary. She treasured. His words and pondered them in her heart. All along she would bring those words out. Like you bring out special china or special jewelry that you don't wear to the gym or you don't wear to the office. But for some fancy party or some big deal, you pull them out. That is the same context in which the scripture says she pondered these prophecies over her life. She would pull them out. And she would let the full effect of what God said feel her. That's what happened to me. A little bitty nowhere place in eastern North Carolina living in a cornfield. But those prophecies would come my way. And Rachel would send me little words from God and scriptures on notes and letters. And I would read those notes and those letters... And I would let the full effect of God's word over my life feel me. Use the prophecies over you to get where you're supposed to go. And my prayer tonight, and I really feel this, my prayer tonight is if you don't have any prophecies over your life, you need to be sitting there and under your breath praying, God, give me a fresh word tonight. Because if God gives you a word about your future, you're unstoppable if you'll go to war with that word that God gave. See, the Bible said angels give attention to His word, but this is what got me, Javon, and the voice of His word. See, I thought the only thing that angels respond to is when God says something, and then the angels go to work on it. That's not what the text said. The scripture says that God gives the angels give attention to his word, God's word, and the voice of his word. Well, what is that? That's your voice saying what God has said about you. When you say it, God declares a word over your life, but it doesn't automatically come to pass until you learn to, pro- to proclaim it and say it. Many of you have angels that are unemployed. Your angels can tell when a word has been declared and originated from the heart of God for you personally. And it's very easy to say I need another prophecy when you've done nothing with the words that God has spoke to you already. And the Lord showed me a picture of an unemployment line in heaven. And He said to tell a lot of you that you never pray back to Him what He's told you about your future. And because of it, your angels are unemployed. And they're waiting on orders. And they don't just listen to His voice. They know when a word you speak has been originated and God breathed. They know it. They know where that word came from. And they go to work from your voice. I believe in angels. I believe in the supernatural. I do. I believe in angels more than I believe in demons. And I believe in demons. But I believe I've got more angels on my side than hell has demons on. I know I do. You can't see them, but they're on this platform tonight. They surround me like a wall of fire. Come on, church. Come on, church. I believe. I believe that the angels of the Lord are 10,000 times 10,000, the text said. The chariots of the Lord. I'm almost done. You say, well, God's going to do what He's going to do. Have you ever read Daniel? Have you ever read the prayer of Daniel? He read and found a prophecy where Israel would be taken into Babylonian captivity for 70 years, and at the end of 70 years, he found a prophecy that the the, uh, captivity would end. And when he read it, he he went on a 21-day fast, and he said, God, you said in your prophecy that after 70 years, we would go back to the Holy Land. And I'm reminding you of the pro- He went to war with the prophecy. And what happened? The Bible said, Michael, the archangel, the top angel in heaven, the top warring angel in heaven. There are two major angels. Well, there were three. Lucifer, the worship angel. He was over all worship in heaven. Gabriel, the messenger angel. Every time you read of a message or a message from heaven, it's, it's Gabriel, Gabriel, Gabriel giving message. And then there's Michael, the warrior. His name is Michael the warring angel he fights for Israel the Bible said and and when Daniel didn't just let God say it but he joined his voice and went to war with the prophecy that was over his life and his nation then suddenly a mighty massive warring angel was released and broke through and said and the Bible said that that, that the king Gave them money and said, go back to Israel and rebuild your city. It happened because a man went to war with his prophecy. I'm saying to you that God has a fresh promise. A fresh word. That He wants to sink deep into your spirit. Deep into your soul. And when you leave this room tonight, there can be a divine GPS set. On the inside of you. It says. I'm, I'm somebody going somewhere. And I'm going to do something big with my life. I have a great, great prophecy over my life. For those of you who are new to this. For those of you who don't have roots like grandparents and parents like I've had. You've got the word of God and you've got an anointed word coming right now over your life. I'm speaking to you prophetically tonight. I'm telling you that God is going to raise you up to places and... And put you in situations that you never dreamed. His plan for you is always for a better future. His prophecy for you is always for bigger and better things. I know people have a problem with that. I'm not saying you're not going to go through trials. I'm not saying you're not going to go through hell. I'm not saying you're not going to go through everything everybody out there goes through. But I'm telling you there's a purpose to it. And if you weren't equipped for it, God would have taken you around it. But since you're in it, it's just God saying, I'm ready... to give you a fresh word tonight about your family, a fresh word about your future. And when I give it to you, see, there's young people in this room, my my daughter Connor sitting over here. And I've always known, and I don't do this a lot, I don't talk like this a lot, you know me. But I've always known that God had an unusual and different anointing on her life for certain things that I have never said publicly, but I pray them privately. Because she's an influencer. And the anointing is on her life for that purpose. And Connor, I just tell you that as I speak this, I want you to know as your father, I speak over you tonight. That the Lord will use you. And do not be afraid. For it's bigger than you have even thought. And you have even dreamed. And it will not be for vain glory. It will be to exalt the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. His hand has been, will be heavy on your life. And it will take you to great highs. And yes, there will be lows. You experience the depth of a low. But with the lows, it just gets you ready. Without the conflict, you can't keep the promises that God's taken you to. So the only reason he lets you go through is like the butterfly in the cocoon and he's trying to get out and he's trying, you want to help him so bad but if you helped him then, then, then he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to, 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 to soar like he's built to soar. So it takes the struggle. The struggle is what will help you maintain where God's taking you. Does that make sense? So the setbacks are not to disappoint you. There to make you even stronger to take the prophecy and go to war with the prophecy. That's not what God said. That's not what God said. That's not what... And I'm telling you, if you'll do what I'm preaching to you, I know what happened to me. I couldn't understand it. I'm done. Come to the music and play a little something. They'll think I'm about to quit. But I'm telling you, as a young boy, way back in the day, the 70s and 80s. I'd sit there and watch Christian TV, TBN and places like that. And I'd watch those services and I'd watch the crouches and I'd watch so many of those people come on there. And I'd hear the Holy Spirit and Rachel Joyner. One day, you're going to preach to millions. One day I'll put you on the, put you on that network, and I, I'm in a cornfield. I'm not even a preacher. Get away. What are you talking about? Prophecy. Prophecy. Things that have happened that I couldn't make happen if I tried, but the prophecy was on my life. I don't want to go anywhere that God's not with me. Moses said, God, if you're not with me, I don't want to go. And if you'll pray that kind of prayer tonight, God, if, you, if you're not with me, I don't want it. But if you'll go with me, I'm not afraid of it. I, if you go with me, I can handle it. If you go with me, I'll have the grace to do it in a way that brings glory and honor your name. Lord, if you're not with me, I don't want it. But if you, if this is my prophecy, I will not back up from it. I will boldly, with great courage, walk into the promise you have for me. Get up on your feet and give God a praise. If you believe there's a fresh prophecy over your life tonight, clap your hands and give God praise. Give God praise. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.